Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Another edition of Poker Action Line as we move into 2021. Uh, looking forward to a big year and uh, some things in the poker world recovering. Joe, how you doing? Uh, you are uh, back at work down in South Florida and uh, seeing things happening in the world poker up close. Uh, what's your view for 2021? <laughs> what's my view? I'm yeah. hoping all, all. I know, I know what you want to happen. What is your realistic outlook? Yeah, my realistic outlook is to, you know, little by little try to, to improve the uh, poker room, you know, as far as my job goals are concerned uh, at Casino Miami. Um, we've, we've actually have moved the needle a little bit, um, you know, revenue-wise. Um, and I honestly believe that I've, you know, made a difference with some of the people that are in that room. Um, you know, there's there's clientele there that know that they are on their, you know, as they say, uh, one one more word out of you and you're out of here. And when they go, what? You go, that's that's the word. You're out of here. You know, um, you can now up, throw cleaning people out. up. There's two or three people, but they they know I'm not putting up with anything of any of their garbage in the room. Right. Um, so I'm really happy, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a very positive influence in there. And um, with that being said, in uh, less than two weeks, we will be running a, uh, you know, a small tournament, 5K guarantee, $2,500 first, first place guaranteed. And um, it'll be our first tournament of 2021. And we're, you know, very optimistic that, you know, we'll have a good turnout, you know, considering that. The maximum we can have is uh, seven tables with seven players on them. So um, it's a small buy-in of $60 with rebuys of 50 and an add-on when the registration period um, ends. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, to having some new people in the room that are mostly tournament players around town and, um, you know, getting them familiar with the room once again. Well, more than more than just the average Joe, uh, you have a uh, certainly an outlook into discussions uh, with management over there at Highline. And they, of course, right next to your poker room is the William Hills race book. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if sports betting were to pass this year in the legislature in Florida, you guys would be up and running in no time. So you certainly would benefit from that big time. I, that's not, I believe that was the goal of, uh, <laughs> of, of our vice president, Mr. Lashardi, of putting William Hill right there, right next to us, um, you know, have a little bit of a crossover, um, you know, Big Dave, you know, you've been, you know, you've, you know, for our listeners who don't know this, but Big Dave has been announcing the uh, live highlight for Sundays and Mondays for us since the session started. Um, you see how that room gets? Who's, yeah. Man, it's amazing. It it really has grown to uh, an unbelievable amount, and that's just for the horse racing. So I keep right. telling everybody, I go, if sports betting is allowed in the state of Florida, get ready for some craziness, especially during uh, you know, the NFL uh, the NFL uh, football Sundays. Um, 
I don't know how big championship games this weekend. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just going to be absolutely crazy. So, well, um, uh, one of the things that's changed for that room next to you is there is no more dog racing in Florida. I mean, there's still probably carry a few dog races here and there from Southland outside of Memphis, a few other places, but uh, dog racing disappearing from the map here in the United States. So um, that has to be replaced with something. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be cornhole or something like that, but there's got to be something else you could bet on in the time before the big sports uh, betting takes off in Florida. Well, let me tell you, Dave, um, they've got, you know, they're handling every racetrack that you can imagine that's, you know, that's running live. Now. Right. Um, it was so funny. <laughs> I'm assuming this is why changed their name. <clears throat> but uh, about four or five days ago, I don't remember exactly which day, but I'm walking past William Hill coming back from having something to eat, and I see Mardi Gras dogs. And they're, you know, they have dog track, and I see the dog, I go, wait a minute, Mardi Gras. And for those of you that aren't from South Florida, you know, <laughs> we have a dog track down here that used to be Hollywood dog track, then used to be Mardi Gras dog track, and now I believe it's the Big Easy. Right. Um, I would imagine this is why they had to change their name. But, uh, you know, it was funny because I'm sitting going, wait a minute, that can't be us. Well, <laughs> I think there's a Mardi Gras actually in uh, West Virginia that was owned I think by the that's same what, company. Uh, that's what I was yeah. told. So yeah. uh, that's what I was told that they were from West Virginia. But, you know, but for somebody who's just walking by and sees Mardi Gras and you see them putting the dogs in the box, getting ready to run, <laughs> what the hell is going on here, though? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you're right, Dave. A lot of them, cha- uh, you know, switched over to um, High Life. You know, uh, you know, a couple places down here, that. right? Magic City, which was another dog track, did that. I don't know, about a year ago. Possibly or the Isle. The Isle was next to maybe open a, a High Life Ronton. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but the Isle is used to, you know, they're the, the Isle runs, you know, harness racing. Well, they are racing again this year, but they hadn't planned to. They had to. They had. They were planning on ending that, and they went ahead and uh, decided to go one more year. So, because of the COVID, slowed the the production of the entire property. That they were. They have a huge uh, plan over there to to put in all kinds of stuff. And one of the first things was going to be the small court high life fronton. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, um, you know, it's. Except for the COVID, I think things will be moving forward in a lot uh, quicker direction uh, in the state legislature. And, of course, with that, with the canceling of the dogs, that does mean that uh, Highlight could be in trouble in some other places because there would be some decoupling. But, uh, you know, poker is uh, is moving forward, I guess. And, uh, well, you know, it really doesn't matter what their paramutual is as long as they uh, keep running a good room. Let me tell you, I've mentioned it many times before, um, you know, decoupling usually occurs in, in almost all the states where they've had racinos, as they like to call the, you know, the, the casinos that, that we, you and I work in. Um, they've decoupled them. And I, I was in a conversation with, 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 with my boss and I didn't quite understand it. So I didn't want to go into it any further about you know i know for a fact palm beach isn't doing anything right now they ran right they ran their last dog race it was a ten thousand dollar prize it was a huge prize now for dog 
And um, that was I on New Year's it, Eve, I think, right? On New Year's Eve at 11:59, you know, the, the race took off. You know, so it was the last race uh, in the state, from what I understand. So, okay, um, I'm curious because um, I don't know how the law has changed, and I wish I did because um, you know you had to run. That's how Calder lost their license. Right. And they gave up their, you know, their rights to running horses there and did some sort of deal with uh, Gulfstream. So, right. um, yeah, you're right. I'm, I, I'm just surprised they haven't decoupled in a while because the only the only paramutuals that, that will continue to run their product is going to be the horse racing. It's the thoroughbreds right. if they do that. Well, we'll see what happens this year. The legislature, uh, I think, starts up in February, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens this year. Maybe, maybe even March. But uh, hard to say what's going to happen this year. Things, uh, you know, things with the COVID are uh, not moving in the right direction. So uh, things can change here. But we, again, we'll try to look for the most positive aspects of uh, life and in, in the gambling world here in South Florida. Uh, one of big news in Michigan. Uh, we've been talking about Michigan a little bit, and they are set to launch their online pro poker product in about a week. So uh, it either might be the end of uh, this week or the beginning of next week, but they are set to go. Uh, they are finishing up their last regulations, uh, licensing companies around the state of Michigan. Uh, the one thing that's maybe disappointing for some people is it's not going to add to the, uh, the the compact of commingling with Nevada, uh, New Jersey, and uh, Delaware right away. It will eventually, but they're saying now that will probably not be till late 2021. So it'll just be you'll have to only play against other Michigan players at the at the opening. And let me ask you something, David. Isn't uh, the Pennsylvania already started their poker also? Yeah, Pennsylvania's they? been going for a little while. And but they haven't commingling either, either. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, it's questionable whether they're even going to try to do that. But uh, I guess they're happy with what they're getting right now so far. But Michigan becomes uh, would become the fifth state to uh, have uh, online poker. Good. Well, that's, I'm hoping. Well, first we we got to get sports betting here in the state of Florida. I always thought poker would come first, but. Uh, Right now, the big revenue would definitely be in uh, in sports betting down here. So, right, exactly. Well, the more states, the better it is for the other ones, uh, as they keep fighting for it. As we know now, right. now that one, now that one of the uh, major uh, opponents against it is no longer with us. Yeah, exactly. And I want to talk about that. So let's do that now. Um, uh, by the way, as we do the program here today, there's a big uh, celebration of, uh, you know, honoring all those who passed away from uh, COVID-19, uh, mainly in the Capitol. They're lighting up the Washington Monument, but around the country, uh, people giving a moment of silence. Uh, we're not going to have a moment of silence because it's not good radio, but uh, hey, you know, <laughs> we will uh, certainly have our hearts uh with that and church yes. uh, churches around the country are ringing their bells at 5 30 p.m as we do the show here and uh you know i'm sure you can see lots of coverage that tonight if you check out the news but uh joe you were someone who ex went through it experienced it you didn't have serious symptoms and it didn't uh put your life too far out of whack but uh you've been through it and recovered and uh but our, what are but your thoughts with 
with people. Yeah, exactly. I was well, wondering, uh, who you do you know that's know. closest to you? Like you mentioned, my middle daughter, my wife, and myself have had it. Thank God for us. You know, we, we probably got it as mild as it can possibly be. But our family has been affected. Um, you know, early on in the pandemic, as I mentioned on this show many months ago, my wife's cousin's uh, daughter, who was only 27 years old, um, went through an ordeal that most of us wouldn't wish on our worst enemy. Yeah, you know, she was in the hospital for how many days? She was intubated for 36 days with wow. a tube down her mouth, including being in an induced coma for three weeks with the doctors telling her her mother and father and her husband that, you know, they were going to do everything possible. They weren't sure if this young lady would make it. Then she's, you know, then they, they did a tracheotomy for the last week. And then it took about three weeks after that. You know, thank God she pulled through with that. Um, but shortly after, month or so after, my wife and I, and like I said, my daughter went through it. My uh, brother-in-law's father-in-law in Colombia uh, contracted it and unfortunately passed away a few weeks after that. And, you know, almost on cue, uh, one of my nephews, uh, soon to be, well, he was going to be soon to be his father-in-law, almost the exact same thing with the other one got it and two or three weeks later passed away from it. Mm. You know, uh, one was 67, the other one was 73 yeah. or 74 years old. And, it's amazing. You know, like I said, this thing has hit, you know, I've got coworkers, dealers with me that have lost, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've lost a parent. Um, so... Again, grateful that my wife and my daughter and myself, you know, went through this relatively very easy. But, um, you know, yes, our hearts, our prayers are out there with everybody sure. who's had this, who's had to suffer through it and has unfortunately lost loved ones to it. So. Well, well, I'll be honest. I, I, I have not had it. Uh, and uh, I really don't know anybody that had such a serious case. But I really wonder, I mean, I, I worked at Publix this summer when I was furloughed from my regular job because of the economy, um, when things uh, were really bad. But um, I worked at Publix and one of the uh, one of my favorite uh, cashiers to work with when I was bagging groceries was a woman of Jamaican, uh, uh, you know, birth and family that actually lived in New York in New York City and she went through that whole bad time when New York was just awful and she lost six members of her family uh, that died from COVID and so we talked a lot about it but I'm wondering right now you know I haven't really spoken with anybody that was truly uh, affected in a negative way uh, just people that have had it and, and like you maybe not didn't have either were asymptomatic or just had some short-term uh, symptoms but I wonder how those people, when they watch the news on TV and, and look at the 20-year-old kid that's down on spring break or, or visiting and, and they, they interview them on the beach and they said, what do you think of the COVID? And, and they'll say, oh, I don't even believe in that BS. You know, I, that was all made up. I wonder how angry they get at that. Well, you know, listen, we, we, we at our age now, Dave, you know, we know that stupidity is not is is, is uh, common sense isn't common as they like to say. Well, you know we we see that you know, and you hear the idiots going, "Well, I'd rather just get it and get it over with," 
and all of that. And, <clears throat> you know, that just comes from not having had a family member or loved one. Yeah, close complete friend, ignorance. You know, uh, go through that, you know. And, and then again, you know, our country has been through a lot of <laughs> A, a lot of shit just because there's no other word to use but that yeah. one uh with this pandemic and you know with you know everything politically that's been going on in this country and you know it's just uh, a sign of the times i guess dave you know it really yeah. is um you know it's um it amazes me you know it really does you know we're very careful because the the old you know my mother-in-law being so old grateful that she didn't get it but you know, um, you talked about the working with that lady. We also had, um, I don't think we lost anybody at work uh, from it, although, you know, a few people had it. Um, but we definitely lost some of our guests. And um, one lady in particular that stood out, you know, very sweet woman. Um, she was in her, I would I believe she was in her early, to, early 60s, late 50s. And I know she had underlying health issues, but yeah. when we when we opened up, and you know, uh, Day Miami Dade County closed for a second time on July second, which is Friday. Well, that day she hit for a thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar jackpot. Uh, very excited about it. We closed shop. She contracted it uh, supposedly Sunday or Monday, and didn't make it to the end of the week. Jeez. So in less than yeah. a week after she, less than a week after she had hit that jackpot, she yeah, well, pe people are so, downplaying it, but uh, there's there's thousands dying every single day. So uh, we got to. I mean, the numbers been more than Dave. The numbers were over four hundred thousand. They said yeah, it was going to be two hundred thousand back back yeah, in March, February of last year. So I know, and the numbers uh, really you get numb to numbers for sure. Uh, I mentioned Publix because I worked there, but it's kind of ironic that uh, the latest news down here in the state of Florida is that Publix is going to be administering vaccines. There's been such a, a tough rollout of uh, the back vaccine program, and not yet in in the date in Broward counties down here, but they added Palm Beach County and south of us in the Keys in Monroe County. They have added a bunch of Publix that are going to administer them at their pharmacies. So uh, that's the latest thing to head forward. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that. I did want to mention Sheldon Adelson, uh, who died last week. I, I mentioned on the show, but, uh, you know, for the years we've done this program, who would be the one person, Joe, that I would want to uh, see what their opinion was about Sheldon Adelson? My well, maybe me was it? I mean, no, yes, no. Who, who, who during the show? Who would you think would be the one guest that we've had on that we would love to go back to and get back on the air to talk about him? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question, Dave. I, honestly, I don't know. I think there's quite a few that that would want to do that. Who do you have well, in mind? We we go way back. It would be Nolan Dalla, who uh, ah, that's of course, right. Of course, course was despised the man uh, I looked at an article today I went he has a actually has a website uh, nolandala.com and writes lots of stories he's been spending a lot of time talking about football and uh, rating wines and things like that but he did step in and I wanted to uh, mention because I looked up the article today and there were two very interesting articles by Nolan on there uh, one was about the top five poker players at all time of all time 
and wrote a very interesting story about that, which uh, maybe we'll get into tonight. If not, maybe in a future show. But he actually he did a, a top five. His five. He wrote a top five, five of all time. Yeah. Who who was it? Who did well, he write about? I think it's very easy to figure out who was number one in his mind. Doyle Brunson. No. Um, or 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 uh, Phil. No, they're both no. on the list. They're both on the list. Of top five, but not number uh, one. Top five poker players or players of all time, Doyle. right? So it wasn't it wasn't wasn't either Phil Helmuth, Phil Ivey, Doyle Brunson. Nope. Not, Helmuth not was Daniel. not on the list. Helmuth was not on the list. Uh Ivy was Doyle Brunson. Chip Reese and Johnny Moss also on the list. But number one's easy from, from Nolan. Really? Could it be uh, Stu Unger? Stu Unger. Oh Remember, he wrote You're the book about absolutely he, right. You're absolutely he wrote right. the book about Stu Unger. And it's not just because he wrote the book that that man was just incredible poker player. Well, he absolutely. didn't have the other demons in his life, uh, in his personal life. Yeah, there, there's absolutely well, no absolutely. Picture. He he was number one though. Stolen, uh, Nolan wrote the book. I actually listened to the. I had downloaded the uh, audio book. Uh, and uh, it was a very interesting uh, book about uh, all facets of Stu's life. So he, doing the research for that, he knew everything about Stu Unger. He knew him personally, and uh, he wrote this very interesting book. But anyway, that that's uh, probably for one for another time, especially since I've spilled the beans about uh, who they are. Uh, but uh, his other uh, article on there right now, and I invite people to go to his site and check it out. It's uh, called uh, My Thoughts on Sheldon Adelson. And uh, very interesting. He starts off the story by saying uh, after he died, he was contacted by many media outlets all over the country. They just wanted a quote. And, of course, he's been one of the most outspoken critics of uh, Adelson for several years, ran a, uh, a boycott of the Venetian uh, to try to try to cut into his business a little bit. But he hated Adelson and just decided that, hey, the time has passed, life moves on, uh, you know, and he just said maybe maybe it's just time to just uh, put it in the, in the rearview mirror and, and move on. So he declined all the requests he had for, for comment. And since then, he said he's been bombarded on, uh, on social media and online of people paying homage to uh, Adelson. Uh, especially in the local media, because the Las Vegas Review uh, Journal was purchased a few, a few years ago by Adelson, and he actually trashed the, the thing, turning it into his own uh, very Trump-like, his very own promotional site. And uh, the paper really went down the tubes, but he said actually the uh, Vegas Review Journal um, did a uh, – a whole insert, a 10-page insert after his death this week. And they said they had a Super Bowl insert one year that was only eight pages. So uh, Adelson is now bigger than the Super Bowl. Well, listen, you know, I know what Do Nolan <laughs> Dollar. Uh, listen, you know, we had similar thoughts here about, you know, and uh, it's kind of tough for someone who, um, like Nolan, who's had some rough things to say about him. You know, obviously, on polar opposite points on 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 this you know sport game that we love, uh, kind of hard to make a comment once the person has passed away. You know, you want to be respectful yeah. to, to 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 their memory and to their family, and 
you know, sometimes it's hard to, other than to say that you're sorry, you know, for, for, yeah. for the family members for well, their loss. Because this guy was at the forefront of stopping so much progress, you know, uh, by, you know, he, I don't know if he, you know, want to say he had Mitch McConnell in his pocket, but, you know, Mitch McConnell was always uh, one of that would, his. That uh, would be fair. <laughs> that he always had, uh, you know, uh, as his mouthpiece in, in Congress. And, uh, you know, it, again, I thought it to be hypocritical, but, you know, I'm not a billionaire, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said he was the 19th richest. <laughs> you're a billionaire, you got to do a lot, of, a lot of stuff to get to that point, so. They said he was the 19th richest person uh, in the world. And, uh, you know, speaking of political contributions, uh, even years ago before Trump, uh, he uh, donated $30 million to the campaign of Newt Gingrich and got really nothing back for that one. That was a disaster. So, uh, um, you know, he has uh, thrown away a lot of money. But uh, the hypocrite uh, that he is was really uh, what bothered most people that he has made so much money on gambling over the years, not only in Vegas, but in Macau and all the other places where he has, uh, has uh, casinos and uh, places, and yet was the hugest, staunchest uh, opponent of online poker. And basically said that, you know, you can't control online poker. It's a stain on society and, you know, turn children into... Uh, you know, maniac gamblers and, and things like that. Yet he could, he would, he would let people in the door that had severe gambling problems at his uh, casinos. And, and so, you know, if it, if it put money in his pocket, but since he didn't have any online uh, connection, he was completely against it. But uh, going back to Nolan, he uh, had refused to make comments at first, but since he got all this stuff online and people talking about what a great man Adelson was he said, uh, he said, I just wanted to say what the facts were. He said, Sheldon Adelson was a hateful, stubborn, insensitive, divisive, fear-mongering, vile, corrupt bully of a power broker who was one of the most dangerous men in the United States. What do you think of that? Like anybody we... <laughs> <laughs> I said, sound, sound like anybody sound like anybody we've been mentioning in the press recently uh listen, well yeah well, you, like i said people before, are wondering a billionaire i was just yeah, gonna say you exactly. become a billionaire you got to step on a lot of toes you got to be you know uh, i don't know about hearing that too many billionaires are are sweethearts of people you know to to accumulate that kind of wealth what you have to go through and, and everything you can yeah. do, you know, it takes a special person and, uh, you know, special egos and, you know, his or an was, unspecial you know, person or an unspecial person, what, what, but whatever it is, you know, I, I listen, I have a, a healthy respect for people who've earned that kind of money, you know, in the sense that, well, you know, they, they were able to do it, you know, uh, they were, you know, people who were, you know, tremendously focused <laughs> particular thing and i would imagine that once you get like that and you run your first you know multi-millions and as those numbers those zeros keep adding getting added on to the end of your bank account 
you know, you're pretty much sure that your way is the right way, and you yeah, know, right. hard for anybody, hard for anybody else to convince you uh, otherwise. I guess some late in his life, he did some things for charity, but he was the kind of guy that uh, when COVID came in, he honored the paychecks and continued to pay people that worked for him at the casinos out there, which was great. But uh, there was also many other things he did to people that were that were unpopular and very negative. Of course, he was a, a huge uh, supporter of Israel, and uh, you know, not to get into that at this point, but uh, was very uh, hateful of the Palestinian people, and uh, you know, has uh, gone on and on about that. But you know, hey, you know, people have their interests and their support for different things, and uh, certainly. Uh, you know, the thing that made us most angry is that he personally spent so much money to fight online poker that it just set the whole business back years and years. And, and you know, exactly. Years and years. We don't even know if it'll ever you know, go to every 50 you recover know, for 50 that. States, as you mentioned at the beginning, right. Recovering from that. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Michigan will become the fifth state that allows that. But, you know, we, we were, you know, like I said, on a couple of, uh, you know, opinions on, on a couple of things. We were on the opposite ends of his. But as you mentioned, you know, he did pay his employees. Um, so it's it's uh, some people look at that like they say the glass half full, some half empty. Uh, you know, it all depends on, on, you know, what's important to you and which way he helped helped or didn't help you. And that's how you're going to form your opinion. Uh, yeah. I think most people in the in the poker industry, you know, uh, felt along the same lines as Nolan Dollar. You know that, hey, you know this guy's putting all his weight and money behind, you know, ruining something that allows a lot of people to make a living, so on and so forth. So you know, listen, it's it's a it's a mute point now, a moot point now because uh, you know with the, the man passed away. So you know, rest in peace and. Uh, uh, let's hope there isn't another big, powerful man with a lot of money <laughs> with deep pockets that opposes this at that, you know, at every turn. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I invite people to check that story out on nolandala.com. If you, uh, have heard the name, but really didn't know much about it, knew that he was against online poker, but haven't heard anything about him. And recently, uh, he did have a cancer diagnosis. So, uh, uh, check that out at nolandala.com and, uh, you know, he makes himself very clear about what he thought of the man. Uh, let's move on. Uh, one of the other things uh, I wanted to mention, and of course we'll get into this after our first break, but, uh, the, uh, uh, Seminole Hard Rock underway with their Lucky Hearts Poker Open. Uh, they are already up to event 12. Uh, they're getting some nice turnouts here. Uh, they had, uh, for the Omaha, uh, stud combination tournament. They had 97 players, which I think is pretty impressive for that. Uh, there were over 3,000 for the opening Hold'em tournament. And uh, several of the names uh, coming up are some are familiar. Uh, Yuval Bronstein, one of the winner of Event 2. Uh, I noticed in the seniors uh, that Howard Mash finished in fourth place in that one. He's a good friend of the show that's been on a couple of times. And won the World Series entries? Poker Seniors Champion. Uh, good, good question. I don't have it up. We'll get to it after. Oh, okay. After break. I'll take a look it up. But uh, 
I knew you were going to ask me that, but uh, <laughs> but they've had several uh, really nice turnouts to some of their events, and of course the main event's still to come. I didn't get a chance to get Tony uh, involved in the show here, but uh, uh, we'll have him on one of these days, and uh, we'll talk about some of this stuff. So uh, pretty much uh, an interesting setup. And uh, we will follow that along. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick, there's a, a National League of Poker, the NLOP, that I had never heard of before. But they have uh, some free online poker. So if you're interested in that, you can actually win some uh, win some prizes. Right now they're having a $25,000 Winter Summit Series. And I'm going to check that out because, uh, you know, I do play some online poker on the free sites, including uh, Poker Stars and uh, – club wpt so uh i will definitely take a look at that but uh, one of the interesting things i've found was the article that is written on card player magazine so uh that's one of the things we'll look at over the over the months and years uh also the wsop actually just had a circuit online main event it was on gg poker so that welcomes in the european players but not the players in the u.s but they did have a nice turnout of, of almost 6,400 entries for the $1,700 buy-in, passing their $10 million guarantee. And a player from Lithuania, Paulius Plosinitis, was the victor, winning first prize of $1.2 million. So uh, Joseph Chong, by the way, finished in third in that one. And uh, we will be following uh, what tournaments there are. Uh, starting to be more live tournaments, but uh, certainly the online stuff is going to continue to proliferate throughout the year. Uh, let's take a break here on the program. When we come back, I'll talk a little bit about Seminole Hot Rocks Lucky Arts Poker Open. And, of course, there is uh, several other things in the world of poker that are happening. Uh, we'll update you a little bit on uh, Negranu against Polk which has moved into the new year. They're up over 15,000 hands, and I'll mention that. Daniel's actually made a little bit of a comeback, so uh, nice to see. But we'll talk about that and a few other things happening in the world of poker. Uh, when we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, don't forget, you can always pick up the show on uh, SoundCloud or anywhere you get your uh, your poker podcasts. We'd love to have you review the show or possibly subscribe on either Spotify or SoundCloud. That's probably the best place. Also, us uh, we've been a, a part of the Hold'em Radio Network for many years, Poker Fuse podcast page. Uh, our own site, Poker Action Line, has some of the older shows on there if you want to check some older ones, and we will get to all that uh, after the first year and see if we can get more places to pick up the show. But let's take a break here on tonight's show. And we'll return after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide and right now this game is in a play for free test mode and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. 
The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is Poker Action Live. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, and we'll take shortly a look at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Lucky Hearts Poker Open. Event number seven was the seniors. I did want to mention that 59-year-old uh, Martin, I'm sorry, Mitchell Manton, uh, who lives in Baltimore, uh, came down to play the game and won the tournament. 221 entries, Joe, on that with a prize pool of 74,000. Uh, just over 71,000. And uh, as I mentioned, Howard Mash uh, finished in fourth place. Paul Balzano, well-known poker player locally, finished in sixth. And um, don't see anybody else that I know on, on this list. Oh, Javier Sirache, who I've uh, talked to before. He finished 14th. But M Manton beat uh, Maurice Costigan for the title and won uh, just under $17,000. So that could have been you. Could have been you. Could have been, <laughs> or else I could have been donating some of my money to him. So either way, we'll get so to some of the other know. results from that a little bit. Twenty-one, that's not bad. Yeah, that's a nice turnout. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, from a business point of view, in the world of poker, was that the uh, the World Poker Tour was sold last week. Uh, it was owned by a company called uh, Allied Esports Entertainment. Uh, and uh, COVID kind of put a crimp into what they thought was going to be promoting that uh, 
that site out there in Vegas as they were doing the final tables at the eSports arena uh, out there. But uh, they sold uh, the World Poker Tour and uh, all the related business and assets to Element Partners, LLC. Uh, not sure exactly what they do or what they will do to change things. But uh, it appears that Adam Pliska, who was the CEO, is probably going to remain on. And uh, the, uh, the gentleman that owns the company is uh, Frank Ng. So uh, the price was 78 and a quarter million dollars, uh, of which 68 and a quarter million were paid up front, was paid up front, and the remaining $10 million will be uh, transferred over the following three years. Uh, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect uh, the TV program product, uh, the final tables, whether they'll ever get back to some of those final tables that they played and what they're going to do with those. The Seminole Hard Rock Showdown was one of those where they played down to the final and then were unable to complete it uh, during the summer last year when they were slated to. So I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with any of that stuff. It just remains to be seen. But uh, uh, the WPT had merged with Allied Esports Entertainment at the start of 2019. Um, and uh, so this is will now move to another uh, uh, company and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, certainly still one of the, uh, the top groups. Mike Sexton was around in the very beginning back in 2002. And uh, they sold to Party Gaming uh, back in 2009. So it switched hands several times. And people uh, look at it as one of the major brands, obviously the top competitor to the World Series of Poker. Yeah, definitely is. And uh, again, we, this, this uh, that's a lot of money to be paid for, for, <laughs> for the WPT, especially coming off of this year. I wonder, I wonder if that's, Actually, a low amount of money to be paid with the success that they've had. Yeah, you wonder because of that. So, um, listen, I, I I don't think until the end of this year we'll be lucky. At the end of this year, if everything goes off, um, I don't know what your opinion still is, Dave. But I don't see. Um, I was told that Vegas for this for another month is maintaining the twenty five percent occupancy in the hotels, which. It's putting yeah. a huge crimp on, on, you know, on business over there. You know, yeah. um, people don't realize it. I didn't even realize it, but I thought gambling was the number one money maker in Vegas. And, uh, you know, I was told by people who know, who really know that where they make the most amount of money is in, in renting their rooms, you know, obviously. Right. right. And 25% um, capacity, it's hard to keep a staff on and everything else. So, I really don't want to see the WSOP go another year without having people playing live. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I did also want to mention the Polk Negreanu match. Uh, kind of some inter interesting story on Card Player about it. It came, it came out uh, just right before the weekend, so they've actually uh, advanced a little farther. But the latest numbers I have uh is uh negranu which was down almost a million dollars is now uh, only down about six hundred three thousand. Oh. so he's uh, <laughs> well yeah it's, it's easy to say only for me but uh, he actually uh, i think they've had six sessions since the first of the year since they got back to action on i think january 4th 
And Negreanu has won money in five of them, although uh, he uh, had a bad uh, uh, outing the other day, which which moved it back up again. But 603,000 is the advantage for Polk. And they played 15,850 hands. This is as of, I think, Friday. So they were slated to get back to it. And uh, I don't know. It's it, If it takes so long, maybe people are not so interested in it anymore. I kind of wonder about that. Uh... Well, you know, it, going through the, the the holidays and everything else, and not watching it. I mean, when they sit down and play, you've watched this more than I have. How many hands do they get out usually in the session? Uh, it idea? depends. They play they play different lengths each time, so I, I wouldn't. I don't know what the numbers are per hour, but. Uh, uh, supposedly, uh, Negreanu has been playing better. I can tell you that, uh, Polk actually tweeted. He said, uh, he's playing night and day better than at the start of the challenge. He says, I think I still have the edge, but wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty low at this point. He said, I got to give credit where credit is due. And, uh, so Negreanu thanked him and Matt Glantz sent out a tweet of, uh, Thelma and Louise and, BFFs for life and a uh, little <laughs> video there. So it's kind of, people got a good laugh out of that, but uh, they, uh, people asked Negrano what the difference was, why he's been winning more lately. And one of the main things he said that at the start of the match, he was only using two different bet sizes. And uh, now after all this exclusive uh, play back and forth and working with his coaches, he now uses several different bet sizes, making it harder for uh, Polk to counter. Well, that sure makes a lot of sense. Um, like I said, uh, he's a Hall of Famer. The man hasn't developed the reputation that he has by uh, not being able to adjust and, and, you know, make the proper adjustments also. And uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Negrano fan, so I'm hoping yeah. it, I'm hoping that uh, he gets his, gets all that money back and comes out ahead. But, um, you know, it's nice to see that Polk, after all the things he said, is, uh, you know, paying him a little bit of respect. With, whether that's a bit of a mind game or not, we'll find out in the next few sessions. Yeah. I guess you could take the six uh, days that they played since the first of the year, uh, and they played uh, about uh, 3,000 hands in that time. So you do the math, I guess about 500 hands a, a session would be an average, although it varies uh, widely. Yeah, and they're playing two, two supposedly two games. Two, I two mean, screens. Uh, yeah, two screens. So uh, I haven't watched it in a while, so I got to go back and check on some of that, see how I feel like, uh, uh, you know, if I'm getting anything different out of it. But uh, that will continue probably until mid-March. Uh, right now they're trying to play three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So they'll continue that as we uh, move on. Uh, one of the other things I want to mention, a funny story on uh, Poker News Daily, uh, talks about the games that they – poker games they play on the plane – of the um, Golden State Warriors that uh, they started out with a game called Bore, but uh, it then kind of resolved in, into a, a poker game. It morphed into a poker game, and they play for some pretty high stakes. Uh, some of the players are supposedly very good. Of course, Phil Helmuth is a big Golden State Warriors fan and probably has helped out some of these guys. I think one of the best players is uh, Draymond Green, uh, and I heard that Curry is really a pretty good player, but 
these guys really get into it. Sometimes they land the plane at home or at the site where they're visiting, and uh, they don't let anybody off till uh, they decide they don't want to play anymore. <laughs> so sounds a lot like my uh, my my traditional Super Bowl uh, poker party that I ran all the way from New Jersey to down here for about thirty <laughs> for about thirty plus years before we finally ended it. So, yeah, exactly. So it, not a surprise that the athletes would play poker. Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Already that's on poker news daily was, uh, came out over the weekend. So, uh, that is another thing happening in the world. Uh, also we mentioned that, uh, the poker hall of fame, um, which inducted Huck Seed over the, the month of December, only put one player in. And there's a nice uh, article about how that's the wrong direction to move. It used to be there was two player, two people every year. And this was a nice story about how they think they should put a lot more money into it. Of course, the whole uh, poker world needs to advance and uh, return to regular action. But uh, Huck Seed was first. And we mentioned that... Um, that Matt Savage was second on the list. And there's also a story about there about Esai Scheinberg, who was involved with, uh, with uh, Full Tilt, I guess, in Poker Stars uh, during his career. And Norman Chad had some nasty comments about him getting actually nominated for the Poker Hall of Fame that he shouldn't even be considered. But um, why? Why? Do you remember why? Well, he mentioned that, uh, you know, that. Basically, he was in charge of the company that, that stole money from players, you know, and and uh, oh, with you know, uh, with um, sorry, um, what was the company full, again? I'm full, sorry, full, 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 full tilt, tilt with full tilt, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I don't know, I have to read a little bit about the story, but he had all kinds of legal issues. And uh, his, he was actually the founder of Poker Stars, so I, I don't d guess he deserves a lot of negative uh, connotation since they actually Poker Stars bailed out Full Tilt, and uh, so that was uh, not really his fault. But uh, they had anyway. The story goes on to say that uh, it feels like they should have a poker, a uh, physical Poker Hall of Fame like other sports do, where you could actually go and and look at the items and. And that, that they should increase the number of people because there's so many players out there that are deserving of the honor. Yeah, and there's only, in my opinion, there's only one place to put that Hall of Fame, and that would be somewhere in Vegas. Can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine how many poker players would visit that during the WSOP? Yeah, you couldn't fit them all in there. Yeah, uh, that's pretty. That's yeah, pretty crazy. That, that sounds like a great idea to me, Big Dave. You know, and and making sure that at least two, you know, two worthy entrants. Uh, Get in there, you know. Yeah. I, I agree 100 percent with that, that. It's existed since 1979, and uh, he said, yet uh, there's only 58 members in that time. So they said that's a huge, uh, you know, drawback to the whole consideration, and wants to put a lot more into it. I always liked, uh, you know, I always like following who the nominees are, and I've put in my own nominations in the past online which uh, they do go to the poker public to try to nominate people. This year, they only allowed people to nominate one person, and then they voted in one person. So Huck Seed was the, uh, this year's uh, nominee and uh, inductee, I should say. And uh, 
you know, we'll see what happens. But of course, everything's been screwed up lately. You know that for sure. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see what happens. But yeah, you're right. 40, 58 people since 79? Since that's, 79. That's less, yeah. That's a lot less. That's a lot. That, that's not even one and a half person a year. <laughs> well, you, you got to look until 2003 and the moneymaker effect. Uh, there really wasn't that many super well known players. Uh, now you got to decide between guys that have uh, really emerged over the last few years and become some of the top players. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to mention? I wanted to mention a, an article, and uh, I thought this was very interesting too. Uh, and we'll get to this quickly. An article on uh, Online Casino City about the top 10 transferable life skills that apply to poker. So I just want to talk about those real brief, briefly. Uh, number 10 is uh, attention to detail. Uh, obviously, you know that, uh, you know, looking at cards, and it's more important than some of the games you used to play, like Seven Card Stud, but uh, you need to make informed decisions by uh, taking notes when you're playing online, and, and this allows you to exploit uh, weaknesses in your opponents. I agree. I agree very much. That's number one. Go ahead. That's not, that's number 10. We're actually going back. Number, 10, number nine. Sorry, number nine is stamina. And you know that uh, a lot of times poker sessions can last eight to 10 hours or more. And, uh, you know, making poor decisions really comes to a lot of players after they played for four or five hours. So uh, having the stamina to be successful is important. Yes, very true, especially those long tournaments. Yeah, exactly. Uh, bankroll management skills, one of the most important. So number eight is budgeting, creating a budget, sticking to it if you play regularly. And uh, having strict bankroll management is, is a concept they says lost on some poker players. They think it's not sufficient, but uh, he says that's one of the very important life skills that you need to apply to your poker game. Okay. Mental toughness is number seven. Um, you know, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. You got to handle the, the variance and uh, the uh, tough losses, uh, not to make uh, several buy-ins when you're on tilt. That's one of the important things. Number six is math. Uh, math uh, skills can certainly be uh, important. How much math do you use in your game? Um, <clears throat> well, it was for me, uh, my game, to be honest with you, Dave, it's, you know, I know what the numbers are. If I'm trying to draw to a flush or straight, I think math and, and concentration was a lot more important in seven card stud. Um, right. and hold them. It's more about position and knowing your, your, the people that are in there and what the possibility is of them drawing. So. Yeah, math is very big on all games of poker. I just believe it's a lot more important in, in, in some and one, you know, different different uh, games of poker. So, okay, uh, one of the other uh, one of the other things that is very important in uh, the world of poker, applying life skills to it, is number five: people skills. And uh, you know, not just to have fun and enjoy yourself at the table. But, uh, you know, Negrano is a perfect example, I guess, that uh, his people skills really have helped turn him into one of the great players of all time. Uh, you can take out a lot of information from the table 
if you uh, if are friendly and, and are able to enjoy the conversation with people. Yeah, and that, <clears throat> there's another method to that too. When you say people skills, if you're well liked, like you said, you'll get people to talk to you, maybe you know, unknowingly give you some information that you can use later on. But um, you know, if if you're a well liked person, sometimes people don't push the don't push that that those that envelope as hard as they would against someone that they think is a jerk at the table. But exactly. a, to me, that's a double edged sword because I have met people who love to piss everybody off at the table. They've they've actually told me, look, that's part of my strategy. Uh, get some well, other games, and they'll give me more money when I do have my hand. I guess that does work for some people, but to me, that wouldn't be uh, make the game fun at all. Uh, number four is work ethic. If you have a strong work ethic and uh, study videos, read books, articles, and work on your game, uh, you'll be obviously much more successful. Number three, assertiveness. And, uh, you know, he said, basically, you can come to any table and realize in the next, uh, in the first uh, 20, 25 minutes that who the best players are because they're very assertive. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Obviously, uh, the passive players are not going to make a lot of money at poker is what he says. Uh, when you're assertive, uh, you can control the pot sizes, steal pots, and, uh, and obviously make effective bluffs. Uh, number two is patience. Uh, tell me a little bit about patience in the game, Joe. Uh, setting up patience is sometimes being in a great game and not catching cards. So you can't let yourself get frustrated. And, you know, you have to show patience to eventually get to somebody. Um, patience also isn't setting up the right person, in my opinion. You know, um, um, somebody who obviously believes themselves to be superior player as you well know that they aren't so you know patience is, is eventually setting a, a, the, the web for them to get caught in it sometimes it's sometimes it's, it's a session sometimes it's more than that so um that's an interesting thing that he mentioned that because i know i've had people here that i have played with many years ago that you know chasing somebody who was a bit of a braggart and, uh, you know, and, and talked a lot of crap at the table and they go, I'm just waiting to set this guy up because yeah. the time when I'm ready for it. And it wasn't, they weren't talking about an hour from now when the next hand, they, they were looking long-term on this day to, yeah, to you know, put a big dent in their pocketbook. Well, I'm not a braggart, but I am also not patient. And uh, that's why I've always said to people, uh, you know, why don't you really get into it more long term? And I, I, I just feel like it's really not in my future to be a successful poker player. Yeah, poker is a game. Well, poker is a game of patience for the successful ones, you know, especially when you grind it out the way, you know, the old style, you know, like I said, um, you sat there waiting for the right people to get into the game. If you played in a, in a regular game, usually the, the players range from 10 to 15, 20 different styles of players that come on different nights uh, that can play. And, you know, unless you're all really, really good friends and do other things outside of playing poker, you know, you've got your target, you know, people have targets on you, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a game of patience and knowing how to set right. your opponents up. And if you don't have patience, 
waiting for decent hands. Um, poker is definitely going to going to cost you a lot of money in the long yeah. run. Yeah, I, I don't have the patience. I don't have the ambition either, and that's number one ambition uh, that people are not satisfied with winning one tournament, but moving on and and uh, making a great career of it. So. Uh, uh, those are the 10 things. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I did want to close. Joe, you have something to add? Did you, to the show? No, Joe? no, sir. Oh, no. I, was okay. my, I was telling somebody who was coming into the room that, that I was. Oh, I got you. Okay. okay. Um, let's finish up by just uh, giving you the results of that opening tournament. It was a $600 deep stack tournament uh and at the seminole hard rock and the entries 3004 they had six opening sessions and uh the winner of that one was uh, fernando rodriguez another rodriguez out there taking down the trophy uh he defeated scott blackman who finished second and won two hundred thousand. uh rod there was a three-way chop actually at the end and fernando rodriguez won two hundred five thousand plus the trophy uh fabian foster was third place one hundred forty three thousand. And uh, Brandon Navarrete, who I met at uh, one of the PPC tournaments earlier in my career, finished in seventh place. Uh, Peter Walsworth uh, from t the Tampa Bay area finished in fifth. So uh, they are moving right along in that event. And uh, we'll let you know that the main event still to come. Uh, that will be on Saturday and Sunday, uh, January 23rd and 24th, $3,500 buy-in with a million dollar guarantee, uh, several other events, a total on, in this one of 26 tournaments, and they are currently playing uh, 11 and 12 right now. So we'll give you more results next week uh, when we get some of that. But uh, Joe, I appreciate uh, all the help as usual and uh, stay healthy. Uh, you know, not so easy to do in these days. Hopefully, uh, are you lined up to get a vaccine? At this point, no. Like I said, my only my youngest daughter has already received both of her, you know, both shots. So she's the only one in in, in my immediate family that has had that. I, uh -huh. I I'm sorry, shoot, that's a lie. My mother also had her first shot. Okay. She's due for her second one sometime uh, at the end of next week. So, but okay. Uh, no, well, remember, I guess I we're not COVID. quite. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, had it, you have you, to wait a certain amount of time. For I think you're right. Yeah. You're right about that. Well, I have diabetes, so uh, I guess I could really get one if I push for it. But uh, I drive by when I go down to Miami by the Hard Rock, and I see the lines there. It's just incredible. So I'll wait for my local public to get some uh, some uh, vaccines. Anyway, that's going to do it. Joe Costello, thank you so much again, as usual, uh, for bringing us on the air and getting the show together. We do appreciate that as well. And we'll look forward to another show next week. Uh, we'll give you the results of the main event on the uh, Poker Action Line. Joe, your last thing? Yeah, my last thing. I remember earlier in the week that you mentioned a, a former uh, uh, guest on the show and, and a good friend, Mike Smith, uh, got a hold of you who mm. uh, made a comment about, about our show. And I'd like to thank Mike if, he's listen, if he listens to this show. Hope you're doing well, Mike, and thank you for those kind words. I think he, I think he does listen often, and I'm glad to see that as well. Uh, I got two notes on Twitter from people that love last week's show when we talked about the origins of High Lie in Florida, especially at Miami High Lie, and how things uh, came along over the years. So Ralph Brandt was the other that mentioned to me, and we'll give Ralph a shout out because he's going to be running the Calder Room when it opens, I believe, in February. So thank you to both. Congratulations. Uh, 
to both him and Mike Smith, who um curious to get in touch with him and find out if he's going to be doing anything with a new uh, uh, poker room at, at Philadelphia Live. So uh, that's opening pretty soon. So we'll try to get in touch with him and see what happens. Uh, thank you all both for uh, all the work, and we will look forward to you, the fans, uh, tuning in next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 